Welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 74, and we're going to be talking about the an indirect kiss. I'm Sophia. And I'm JC13. <laughs> Poor Steven. He takes everything so hard. I think that's a very reasonable insecurity for him to have, to constantly want to live up to his mom. I mean, I'm not saying it's unreasonable. I'm just... He's, he gets so sad in a very amusing kind of way. Yeah. And I, it, it helps it helps me laugh about it because I know it has a happy ending also. Well, it's also funny because it's just so re- relatable. Because just Steven being in a cute little bummed mood. Lion being all grouchy. Look at this kid. I have to carry him around. <laughs> I like how he fell off Lion like right on his face. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. I thought it was a very interesting story frame that we got in this episode, actually, where Steven is relating the story to Connie. What do you mean? Well, we're not watching the events as they happen. It is framed as Steven telling the story to Connie. That's why they can have the thing at the end with Pearl saying that he'll never have any real powers. Yeah, the the fake lines. But I, I just thought that was very interesting because... Especially at the near the start and at the end, they make it obvious, but it means that we can't really know for sure exactly what happened. Yeah, it's kind of not the same as um when Greg told his story. Yeah, well, with Marty apparently takes to sharpening his teeth when Greg's not looking. Well, I mean, it it's kind of like a stylistic thing where characters will suddenly get sharp teeth. Like Pearl gets fangs occasionally. I don't know. I, I think that was put in there because that's how Greg's relating the story to Steven. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying that I I doubt that Pearl, after seeing Amethyst with her gem like that, was like, we need to build a fence. I just, I just don't think that actually happened. I don't know. I like to think that Pearl is kind of like that. And I mean, I don't know. If Steven were kind of over-exaggerating Pearl's personality, then... How would he have known that Pearl would be overreacting at the fountain? Because, like, this is kind of the first hint that we get of Pearl's kind of more-than-friends relationship with Rose. Yeah, this was, the, this was the first episode that had Pearl being really neurotic. I mean, we had seen hints of it before, like, and he had a little bit of it in Coach Steven, but this was the big one. I mean, her just coming to pieces. Yeah, she just goes insane it was actually it was really funny <laughs> i thought it was very telling the they're a mess without her guidance pathetic directionless clinging things <laughs> and, you know she says while clinging to garnet yeah she's like literally just dragging garnet behind her garnet's like oh all right <laughs> you really think so <laughs> yeah i think this episode was definitely all the characters personalities at their extreme garnet being incredibly stoic amethyst not taking it seriously at all, and Pearl taking it maybe a little bit too seriously. Or not necessarily too seriously, but going a little bit too off the handle. That, that might just be their reaction to stress, because Stephen, in, Stephen does call out, why is everybody acting so strange? So we know that they weren't acting completely themselves. But I, I don't think that the whole pathetic clinging things part, I don't think that was an exaggeration. I, I do think there were some parts at the start at the and the end and I'm going to tell myself that Pearl getting the, I think Garnet and I, you know, unclogging the fountains, what caused it to flow again. And I'm going to assume that that was just Stephen misrelating what Pearl said there, because it should be Garnet and me, and that's a pet peeve of mine. Huh. You know, because you think Pearl, of all people, would use the right thing, would say the right thing at that point. 
Yeah, she wouldn't Pearl wouldn't wrong. be grammatically incorrect with giant woman establish this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she doesn't want to go with grammatically incorrect people either. Ah, Pearl. She is the best, though. I think she's pretty great. The faces this episode were all over the board. I mean, we have at the beginning Steven being all evasive and Connie, like, trying to edge him on. But then, like... The best I can describe it is Amethyst's sour face, like when it gets all scrunched up. Yeah, 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 yeah. About like she just sucked on a lemon. Yeah, and then Pearl has her own unique Pearl faces, especially when she was like... Going crazy? Yeah, but when she was kind of like running off with her arms like just <laughs> yes. straight out. Demonic Pearl face. And she's just smiling. <laughs> but if you're cool with it, I'm fine too. And just sort of... Yes, this was a very, very good episode for Faces. Absolutely. Very good one. But have you, how familiar are you with Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Almost none at all. Okay, because there's a character on that show named Master Shake who Steven really reminded me of when he was doing the whole, the power to heal. It's like, he's coming in, taking it completely seriously. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then when he can't, all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm just too tough to cry. Sour grapes. That, yeah, that is that is a very shake thing to do. I like the, the anime roses. And then Pearl does the Frylock thing where she calls him out. Just this morning you were crying about snakes. <laughs> so yeah, that was a very master shake moment for Steven. I haven't watched Man. it, so I wouldn't know. How would that crossover go? Ooh. Uh, you know what? I don't want any crossovers. I'd be fine with no crossovers. Yeah, I, I think that I think we're all crossovered out. Uh, uh, <laughs> One say was uncle. all we needed. I mean, they did sink the Lars Sadie ship. That's all, that's all we ever really needed out of Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> uncle Grandpa, you have served your country well. So does that mean, like, that kind of, that's just going to be a loose end for the rest of the series? Like, they sort of did a thing, but then it never really went anywhere? I'm, I'm just going to go with Uncle Grandpa saying that it's not canon. They put that in for people like me. They gave themselves plausible deniability. Mm. I have nothing against Lars or City becoming a thing as long as, you know, Lars matures and grows and stuff. Yeah, Lars, Lars really has some growing up to do before he is worthy of Sadie Milady. Well, Sadie, you know, has her own issues, too. It's not like they're perfect, but Lars definitely has a lot more. We'll talk about her issues eventually, but I think that her issues are more forgivable than Lars's just because of intent. True, true. But, ooh. I just, I just love that. The power to heal. It was beautiful. <laughs> it is. It, it absolutely is. In the little pose he did. Mm-hmm. Uh... This was a, this was a, this, I mean, it's a tough act to follow coming off of Monster Buddies. And just, just because of how off it is, you know, I'm, I'm never completely sure how to feel about it, but it has some really fun moments. Yeah, and I like how kind of distorted and messed up, like, it all seemed, like, the music especially, and Amethyst speaking backwards. Oh, yeah. I mean, they actually... If if you reverse what she's saying again, you, you can actually hear her dialogue correctly. Yeah. It's a fun little Easter egg. Yeah, it's nothing incredibly special, I mean, if you want to listen to it, but... I mean, it, it makes perfect sense in context. Like, she gripes at Pearl, hey, these things are going to get Steven. You know, when, when Pearl's yelling at her for roughhousing. I mean, it's just all basic stuff. Just fun little Easter egg. At least they didn't have her speaking Korean. 
That's much harder to get a translation on. But the internet shall provide. Yes, absolutely. Apparently in the French translation, they actually had the, vo uh, the voice actor for Amethyst speak backwards like they flipped all the dialogue and then made her speak it backwards and then reversed it again. So you could kind of understand what she was saying. Are you talking that in the haha -ha, you care about me part or for the whole thing? The whole thing. All of her backwards speak. Huh. That's... I don't know why they would do that. That's interesting factoid. I like that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, we, we had all the fun moments, but it did get pretty, pretty heavy there when Stephen and Amethyst were alone in the fountain and they were besieged by Rose's corrupted plant minions. Yeah, I mean, what? I guess that does fit into the whole watermelon Rose's plants were made for fighting. Yeah, I mean, that this, this was the foreshadowing of Watermelon Steven. Mm -hmm. I remember, in fact, this was, I think this was the first episode that Lunar Seaspire was up for. Around we go, right? I can't remember. Yep, so those, those, those plants threw me for a loop, but what I, I also remember being very interested, because this was the first sign we really got that you could understand the gems as computers. Yeah, the glitching out. The way she was glitching out because of the damaged gem. I mean, I'm not saying that they literally are computers, because... Oh man, if she started, like, clipping through the floor, that would have been really... They're a... Oh! <laughs> yeah, but I'm not saying that they're, they're a bit more advanced than our computers, so even if they are, quote-unquote, computers, I mean, technically our brains are kind of computers, too, if you look at it like that, but they act like our computers do, kind of, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, of course, as we go on in the series, that becomes more and more obvious with the the room they build in the temple. And because they even even the writers themselves said something along the lines of we were trying to base it off a glitchy computer game. Yep. Steven turned on no clip. <laughs> Little cheater. Well, not so much like no clip, like in Skyrim, if you jump in very certain spaces, you can clip through the ground because it was just mm. it, there was no collision. And that's kind of what Steven did. He broke the, the map. But so, gems, kind of computerish. You heard it here first in an indirect <laughs> kiss. Mm -hmm. And that was, well, like I said, I, I can't say it surprised me. I, I guess at that point I hadn't really thought much about the nature of the gems. I don't think at this point we even knew that they were from space yet. I mean, we, we could guess, but we, we didn't Yeah, know. like, I think before it was revealed that they were aliens, or at least from space, I kind of thought that they were magical creatures native to Earth. And especially since there were gem monsters on Earth. Yeah. I never got the impression that the gems were from Earth. I mean, by, by, by the time you have Coach Steven with that communication hub, I'm pretty sure that this was a colony that we're talking about. So when we get to Lapis saying, come on, let's go home, you know, talking about going to another star, you know, that's, the, that's just the proof. Yes, they are from somewhere else. Yeah. And I think the fact that they are like computers fits more with the sci-fi act than the fantasy act. So they would, so the, if like a computer-like race would be from space because space has computers. I don't know. It is an interesting blend of science fiction and fantasy, though. Mostly, it mostly leans on the fantasy side, but you, you have those science fiction elements that it uses to spice things up. I think in the beginning of the show, it was almost purely fantasy and then it started drifting into the sci-fi i'm getting a lot more sci-fi as time has gone on 
this is this is just what I'm talking about. I'm kind of nostalgic for the the old days where the plot lines were maybe a little bit simpler and it's just showing you rather than telling you. But we have been getting a lot more of the science fiction stuff to go along with the telling, so it's a tight rope they have to walk on. I like it. I like the kind of mix-up there. I, I just hope we swing back. I hope it doesn't stay all one way. It gets... you can't have too much. Gotta, gotta vary it. It's funny, like, they hardly ever use the word magic to refer to the gem stuff. Like, I remember in Fusion Cuisine, Garnet being like, Fusion is serious magic. Wasn't the, um, the Mad Libs book, or the journal, the activity book for Steven Universe, Quest for Gem Magic? Am Amethyst refers to it as magic in Lion 2 the movie. Yeah, it makes me, uh, every time I think about what Homeworld's like, it's like, oh, please, season three, just show me. I want to see what kind of society the gems have built. I mean, we know we're, they're a militant expansionist society, but, like, what is their architecture like? I mean, what is their... Their culture. Yeah, what are their, I mean, the workaday gem, you know, how do they do their job? I want to see it all. Mm. But I'm a nerd, so. So, how... How did, I mean, obviously, Amethyst was in very severe danger just based off of the damage to her gem from that fall, but how do you think they normally deal with gems that just have normal, normal injuries? I mean, with humans, if you take a non-fatal injury, they can just take you to the hospital, but it, they make it sound like having healing tears is a pretty big deal in the gem world. Well, I think they have technology that can heal like the robinoid stuff you think that might work on gems as well maybe i mean you know hopefully they would have an equivalent but yeah the the toothpaste <laughs> filled with fluoride to keep your gems strong <laughs> it's always about the idea of like do gems tend to their gemstones like you how you brush your teeth you'd also polish your gem you do need to get it polished at least twice a year well, apparently Steven does that, like, it's part of his uh, late-night routine, he'll polish his gem. I wonder if the other gems do it, too. I wonder if, like, the maintenance... Apparently. It's probably because Uncle Grandpa told him to. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really see why that would be a very important piece of the maintenance. I guess because, I guess you know, it's easier to project its stuff when it's not dirty. I don't know. I mean, it also, it can get, like, dings and scratches on it. Ooh. Well, that, that's when you bust out the robinoid paste. <laughs> but the gem's getting ready in the morning Steven's brushing his teeth and his gem And all the other gems are brushing their gems It's just a cute <laughs> idea Uh You know, you know the Fan art somebody drew of Garnet Putting on the, you know, put on the oven mitts Because Steven insisted that she had to For safety, even though we know she can handle The low temperatures Of the oven without oven mitts I think the Cruniverse confirmed that it was just cute, Garnet with oven mitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody somebody did of how he convinced, or, you know, he's like, oh, you have to. And Pearl's like, Steve, and Garnet doesn't need to. And Garnet's like, safety first, puts the ovens, oven mitts on. <laughs> just like they wore the life vests to humor Steven. I'm just imagine them brushing their teeth to humor Steven. I think, like, why wouldn't Garnet phase her own oven mitts? Oh, no. She was pretty cheesed off and chillateed when she made her own <laughs> life jacket. That was an excellent little joke in Chilatid. I love it. <laughs> Just throws it. I like the Stephen flopping like a fish. Like a fish. I like first one to catch something wins. Garnet catches Stephen. I win. I win again. 
<laughs> I don't get tired. I get results. <laughs> uh, we look awesome. That was a good one. And they they foreshadowed the fourth Dogcopter movie in that episode too. When Dogcopter meowed at Steven, that was foreshadowing that Dogcopter's parents were actually cats. And so oh he has my nine God, lives. From the Beach City Weird post. Yes. About spoilers. Yes. Ronaldo had to go deep cover to protect himself from spoilers. Then they blew it in the line. Yeah. But I mean, if it's you. It's not easy being an internet superstar, Ronaldo. If you watch movies the day they premiere, you don't have to go on internet blackout for years. I mean, at worst a day if you can't get their. Ronaldo British. takes information security very seriously. That's why nobody reads his blog, because if anybody read his blog, they might found out he knew. Or they might find out that he knew about them. So, since he doesn't have any readers, there's no way that anyone can find out that he's on to him. But he has, like, hundreds of... <laughs> Only in our world... How many people watched his Rising Tides, Crashing Skies video? Only Steven and the Crystal Gems. And then it got taken down by YouTube because he used copywritten music. Uh, Tube Tube. Tube Tube. I'm sorry, Tube Tube. Yes. I mispronounced it there. <laughs> I still want to see Steven have a YouTube channel. Where he just does unboxing videos for new Wacky Sack products. Yeah. Sad thing is he'd probably get a lot of subscribers too. I mean, you have the cheeseburger backpack, the hot dog duffel bag. I mean, I'm just waiting for French Fry Fanny Pack, really. French Fry Fanny Pack? Huh. Yeah, but would, the, would they have it be a vertical fanny pack, or would you just have the box of fries on the, you know, lying on the side? I like that, because then you have the play on words of fries on the side. Well, it's a fanny pack. You can just rotate it wherever you want it to be. Yeah, but it would be more comfortable if you had your fries on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can... You can put it wherever you want to, GC. Any any more thoughts about the episode? Um, that is a nice fence. I'll give him it that. It is. I I also have this question of what is the time gap between Stephen telling the story and when the story actually finished? Because it seems that he's still very sore about it. Yeah, it can't have been long. So like, it feels like it happened that day, but you can't build a fence in a day. Yeah, sure you can, Garnet. Garnet Garnet's pretty. She knows, she knows what's up. And also Greg, Mr. Uh, you saw the miracle he worked with their gym and Coach Steven. A little bit of a subtle dig at, uh, I don't think they're going to be opening any universe gyms anytime soon in Beach City. Let's put it that way. Hmm. But it's, it's possible to get the fence up, especially when you have someone like Garnet. I mean, for all we know, it's a magical fence. They used a magical artifact to make it. <laughs> well, it's a pretty human-looking fence. Yeah, but... I don't know. I think... After the practice of building the previous fence, the gems are pretty good at it. Yeah, well, obviously the first fence didn't work, so... <laughs> Rose, you have to stop doing this. We're building a fence. Oh, yeah, that one comic by a... <laughs> Tangite or something, or it was like, Rose, no more human relationships. Uh, Steven... Those faces, though, am I right? Yes, absolutely. So the timing, though, on Connie's eyesight healing, a lot of people have pointed out that the sparklies only happened and her eyes only started hurting when he started to care for her. Huh. 
you know, which would explain a lot of people say his inability to heal the geode or the galaxy warp, even though the geode is Wait. supposedly within his abilities to heal. Looking back on the episode, Connie took a visible sip from the juice right before she leaned in. Hmm. So that might have been the first sip that she took. Maybe. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't have drank any before then, but she did have more juice to give back, so she obviously hadn't been sipping much on it. And she was working on her sandwich. Yeah, that could, well, I don't know how she could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without something to drink, but that's just me. I, I managed to eat a peanut butter sandwich without having anything to drink once, and I have no idea how. I mean, those were legendary days, I guess. If you're really hungry, you know, back and you're back just when uh, that sandwich. back when men were men, I suppose. You know, the, <laughs> oh the golden age of heroes. Yes, we ate PB and J sandwiches without milk or juice. Now we're stuck in the, the this this bronze age of ours. Mere mortals are we, who. Must have things to drink when we eat our peanut butter. Then, you know, Connie's, Connie's pretty tough. She might be able to manage it. I think she's hero material. Connie's better than the best of us. This is true. This is true. All right, so, uh, any last thoughts? No, I think I've said everything I want to say. The power to heal. <laughs> I, I like the bit at the beginning where Amethyst is kind of teasing Steven. It's like, aww, <laughs> you care about me or something. I like this. Steven, I'm a gym warrior. I'm not going to... And then, boom, the ground oh my god! underneath And her. then I'm going to speak of that. Amethyst can shapeshift. Why didn't she shapeshift into a bird? She's not worried about the fall. She's more worried about the... Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> You'd think that she would be a little bit more disciplined about protecting her gem, though. I mean, a lot of people would be like, Amethyst, it didn't take much force for that sucker to crack. You gotta be more careful, Amethyst. I mean, this if she just, Amethyst. like, kept falling on her back, she would have just landed on her back and then maybe pooped. Yeah. But, all, like, her physical form would have absorbed the impact. I mean, this is why you don't see Pearl, you know, shape-shifting into a billy goat and getting in a headbutting contest with people. Oh, <laughs> well, wouldn't the horns kind of protect her? Eh, better safe than sorry. That's what Pearl always says. There's one where, uh... She even uses her turn signal. I mean, come on, who does that? Um, I do, GC, because I'm a responsible driver. I hate people who don't use her turn signals. But, anyway, today we talked about an indirect kiss. We will see you guys next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.